undisclosed location deep in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. Two hillbillies armed with nothing more than microphones, loud mouths, and quick wit have found their way onto the internet. Oh, my stars. Tune in weekly to discuss things like sports. We're here playing game six of the World Series, so we're going to fight. We're going to finish this thing. Politics. We did it once, and now we will do it again. And this time, we're going to finish the job. Current events. Come after me. I'm a man! I'm 40! Faith or any other topic that they have found interesting. It's drastically changed my life. Welcome to Think Like a Man with Daniel Overton and Jeremy Sellers. Welcome back to the Think Like a Man podcast. Again, we are so grateful that you've spent or chosen to spend a, uh, another hour of your time with us. Um, we hope you're enjoying it and uh, you're getting a lot out of it. I uh, wanted to go through a first uh, a few things before we got started. Uh, I put a post up on the Facebook page that announced this. I don't know how many people listen, follow the Facebook page or not, but so I'm going to put it on here. But we just went over a thousand. Actually, now I think we're we're, we're pushing twelve hundred likes on the Facebook page. So there's twelve hundred people following it, which is actually pretty crazy yeah. if you want to know the truth. Um, we are over a thousand listens to the podcast in just about seven and a half weeks, which is another thing that I'm just flabbergasted about. But I'd like to say thank you to everybody again that has uh, taken your time to support and uh, be part of what we're doing, uh, the, just all the help that you've given us. We're extremely grateful for what you've done, uh, which brings me to another point. I also put a post up that, and a short video if you've not seen it, but I'm going to just go ahead and announce it on here also for somebody who may be listening who, who, didn't, who missed it. One of the things I found out about Facebook, dude, is there can be 1,200 people. I kept wondering why is there 1,200 people? And then I, we put a post up, and it's like 27 people saw this post. How does 27 people see a post when there's 1,200 people following the dang page? Facebook algorithm. Yeah, exactly. So I started kind of looking around, and it was like their stinking algorithm. I, you know, So it's just more about spending money and trying to get our name out there. But So what we've just recently done is we've we have been uh, – signed up for, got involved with, I don't know how you want to put it, with a uh, Facebook, or not a Facebook page, a website called patreon.com. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And what Patreon is for are for people like uh, us, podcasters, uh, art people that make music. Um, creators. Creators of, of all that kind of stuff. Um, they can They will set up a page on Patreon. And its name basically is synonymous with patron. So what it allows people to do is if you like what we're doing, you're enjoying what we're doing, then you can go to Patreon and you can sign up to help support us. And it's minimal. I mean, it's like seven bucks a month or something for one. And I think one's $15 a month, but you can find more than that in the couch cushion. Mm. Um, and so, but, but $15,000 a month, you'll come wash a car once a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No matter where you're at. Yeah. So, uh, but what? But it does get you some other stuff. So it's not just sign up and 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 give us seven dollars. But what is it? It gets you some more things. So what are what are those things? So the main thing is is Daniel and I've decided that we're going to do. I think it's going to work out to five extra podcasts a month that really have nothing to do with what this one is. 
um, we've decided that they're going to be more like a um, mini series. And so each month is going to be a different topic. And so every podcast for that month will have to deal with that topic. And I don't even really want to let the cat out of the bag of what we've got planned. Um, but if you become a patron through there, you get access to those. You don't get it uh, just through the regular podcast. So do you got something you want to say? No. Oh, you had that look in your eye again. No, uh, so anyway, uh, if you want to be part of that, you can, you can, um, you can sign up. It will help us out a lot. And we would uh, greatly appreciate the, the help that you're, that you're given. So, um, oh, one of the things I wanted to say was it is not affecting the weekly podcast. So if you just enjoy the weekly podcast, great. Uh, keep on. None of that's going to change. It'll still be out once a week. It's free, no issues, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but that, that is one thing that we wanted to bring out today. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor again this week, which is Boutique 31. Caitlin is not with us today. Uh, we kind of threw her curveball with the time. So, She's not here. Uh, she's doing other things today. But, um, again, we'd like to thank them for their sponsorship. Uh, and you can find, if you're out of state or whatever, you can find them through Boutique31.com. Remember that anything on your first order as you check out, if you'll put the code word in the box that says THINK, it's worth a 10% discount on your first uh, order. So thank you to Caitlin and, and what she's do doing to help support us. Um, so we'll get on to the regular podcast for today. We've, um, we've got a returning guest, kind of. So some of y'all, I mean, he's here, but, it's, but it's, it's his wife that's the main guest on this show. Um, several weeks ago, you all heard us when we did a podcast with David Booth, who was the uh, professional played in the NHL for the numerous teams. If you want to listen to that podcast, just go back a few a few weeks, and it's there. And after we were done with that, I, David and I spoke through um, email uh, the next day, and uh, he came up with an idea that we thought was great. His wife wanted to be part of the podcast because that we touched on a certain topic. Uh, during that podcast, you may have under, you may have heard it, you may not have, but it was a um, it was just a little blip on the radar, and uh, but it was something that his wife and him had been uh, discussion dis discussing on and off, uh, so it, it hit home with them. So she we're gonna have her back, or we're gonna have her on to uh, be part of the podcast today, and so the. Uh, David's wife's name is Ashley, and one of the things I forgot to find out was if she goes by Booth or Durham. Way to go. Yeah, nice job. You could Pete. ask her. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, it just hit me that I didn't clarify that. Um, so, but Ashley is an East Tennessee. No, let me rephrase that. Ashley is a Tennessee girl. She's not an East Tennessee girl. She's from the mid to closer West. She was the 2011 uh, Miss Tennessee and runner-up to, to the Miss USA in 2011 also. So I, didn't, I don't like to do a lot of digging on other people's wives. I, that's just weird. So I stopped there, and I'm going to allow Ashley to kind of fill in the blanks for us and, and tell us about herself, and then we're going to move on in the podcast. Ashley, welcome to the Think Like a Man podcast. Hi. 
Hi, thank you guys for having me. I can't believe that you guys are allowing me to be on Think Like a Man. Hey. I'm very honored. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you, so we, now, uh, David probably doesn't know this, but Caitlin has become kind of a co-host. So, which, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she said, I made the comment one day in here about it being called Think Like a Man, and her two cents worth was from a woman's perspective. She kind of mumbled that under her breath. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, we it is that is what it's called, but we're, we've tried not to really – pigeonhole ourselves and um the conversation that we're going to have with you is something that's uh always uh i'm always willing and enjoy it to to talk about but before we get into that i want you to kind of fill in the blanks for us if you don't care about i mean i'll tell you something there's two guys sitting here right now that know absolutely nothing about your (laughs) career you you know what you did (laughs) nothing so you you're, you're talking really to two, two idiots here that uh that want to know so start with you know where you're from in tennessee or or and just kind of bring us up to date okay well i think that would be easy enough because i think david was a little um clueless also whenever we first met about my career and pageant stuff and all those things so um i my name is ashley booth i do go by booth now. okay I'm a bit old-fashioned so good um yeah, I know. So I replaced it. And uh, yeah, but a lot of people aren't anymore. So valid question, but I, I took the booth name. I think it's an honor. Yes. So um, so I grew up in West Tennessee in a very tiny town called Adamsville. It has one red light, less than 2,000 people. It might have more than 2,000 now. Um, That's about the size of the town that we're in. We've got really two red Where? lights, I think. Two or three now. Have Two oh, that's so that you could number them. Yeah. If you get them numbered. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, yeah, our red light actually didn't work a whole lot whenever I was growing <laughs> up, so it was a four-way stop. But right. um, it was a red light. It was it works consistently now, so it's good. Um, but we couldn't even get a red light camera um, because we didn't have enough people in the town. You don't want those so. anyway. No, I, I don't, but the, <laughs> the city did for some reason. They're like, yeah, you don't have enough people. Oh, I don't know why they won't. So, <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, so I grew up uh, there, and then I went off to college. I went to the University of Memphis. Um, Who so just are you beat guys us. In just be, okay, okay, oh, yeah. I totally wanted to talk about that. That's so funny. Okay, so we don't I want to talk about it, Ashley. <laughs> I, I was sorry. over that today. So, <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm very sorry. So, and David, he's listening, but uh, I'll just have to reiterate what happened for him also. But, um, so I grew up going to the University of Tennessee Games and then to Dollywood. That's the only vacation that my family ever took right so whenever i went to university of memphis my family was kind of shattered especially my older brother who went to university (laughs) he was so mad at me but i got more scholarship from memphis and uh i had an internship there so i just decided to go to memphis and it ended up being a really great decision for me but i love the university of tennessee and east tennessee holds a very special place in my heart so I love the volunteers, but whenever they play my school, I can't help but be like, I really hope Memphis does well. And now they have Penny Hardaway, so that's pretty sick. Oh, no, uh, that's not the word I would choose. I would for use pre- sick, but a different, different <laughs> definition. Yeah. Come on. He was so good. Even my brother likes Penny. He had all the jerseys and the cards. 
but he would never pick Penny over the University of no. Tennessee. No. no. But, um, but yeah, Memphis did just beat them and break that. Was yeah, I mean, I would have rather lost that home streak to anybody but them. Why? Gosh, gosh I, that's like you're. It's like getting beat by your little brother. No, okay, maybe it is a little bit. Maybe it is, but that's why it's so it's so fun. Yeah, well, well, and Penny called out the last person I would ever think would get called out for being like a jerk when Rick Barnes. Right, last, last year. year. Oh, did he really? Yeah, oh, last year he like so accused sick. Barnes of like accused the team of clinching, clinching their fist, and he said something to Barnes being rude. And all Just this a bunch of I'm bull. Like, he's like really? Oh, yeah. I didn't see. I didn't know that. I do love Coach Barnes. He's great. I can. Oh him. yeah, he for the entire orientation. Class act. So he could really be any other coach guy. in the world to call out, and he picked out Barnes. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So you, so all right. So here's the first question that popped to my popped in my mind after you when you said you went to the University of Memphis and mm-hmm. going and doing your beauty pageant stuff. And please excuse my. I mean, I feel like this is going to be one dumb question. But no. do you go to school for that? I mean, or is your degree in something completely different, or was it tied into that? Don't laugh, don't laugh. Daniel's laughing at me from across the table. I mean, I know, but it's a lot. You know, I have to say that's the first time I've ever been asked that, but I've never thought of it. I mean, I guess I could have gone to school for, I don't know. Well, I didn't know if the classes you were taking. I don't know about pageantry. I don't know if I would get very far in life well, if I went to school for pageantry. Well, I, I, this is coming from somebody who didn't go to college, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm thinking, but you know, if you, if that's what you're going to do or have a career, are you taking classes that are, whether it be speaking or, you know, right. that kind okay. of thing. I didn't okay. mean that I, as a, I, I as a slam going. by any means. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't take it as a slam. No, that's just really funny that you asked that. Uh, well, <laughs> you could have seen say... Daniel's face glaring at me over this microphone. <laughs> like you idiot. <laughs> well, to you answer segment. your question, I did something completely different in school, and um, I, I haven't honestly used my degree to this day because I went straight into the modeling industry, so that's a different topic. But my major was journalism and public relations. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, so that's what I was, I enjoy, I love writing, and right. honestly, I'm a little investigator. If I don't understand something, I won't. I won't beat around the bush. I'll just look at you and say, I don't under, I don't understand that, but I'm going to figure that out before the end of the night. And I'll <laughs> Google, I will read, I will, I'll get back it to bothers you. me. Yeah, exactly. So that fit my first personality really well. As far as the pageantry goes, I actually, um, I have only been in a handful of pageants, uh, maybe four total in my little, wait, no, five total in my life. Um, Dang, so you're kind of like so, the New England Patriots. I own the ones you're in. Oh, but yeah, you're, oh you're, my you're, gosh, you're, <laughs> no. Like, can you please say like, something regarding Peyton and not <laughs> Well, they're not so winning gross. championships. <laughs> That's so great. That's better than saying you're like the Alabama Crimson Tide. Much better than that. So. That's fair. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I'll take that. Okay. That's fine. So, so I actually uh, – my first pageant was when I was 15 years old. Um, I was so, I used to be so shy, like very, very shy. Right. Would hide behind my mom's skirt at church. I mean, so I, I was terrified of people, genuinely. So whenever I was 15, all of my friends were doing this school pageant. Uh, 
it was the last year before you actually had to speak or do anything like that. You right. just had to walk on stage. So I just had to get the courage to walk on stage. I ended up winning. And my judges said, you should think about competing at a state level. And I said, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. So uh, I found out that you could get scholarships and other prizes by competing at a state level. So I thought, you know what? Why not? I'll, I'll try. Who cares if I lose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really have anything to lose. Right. So I that same year, I went to Miss Tennessee Teen USA, and I ended up winning that pageant. So I that was the state pageant. Okay. That went on to Miss Teen USA, and then I didn't compete at all for six years. Went back for Miss Tennessee USA, won that, and then went on to Miss USA. Nice. So that's kind of the extent of my pageantry career. So, if so you, you won every pageant you, you entered. Right, basically. Yes, you want to watch it. Yeah, so like the New England Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) She's the goat. (laughs) Undefeated. The goat. Uh, Uh, But I was in the USA system, and David didn't know the difference, so you guys probably don't either. There's a USA and there's an American system. Okay. And USA was the one that, uh, before President Trump was president, he owned the USA system. So that was the one I was in. So you've met him. I have actually, nice. yeah. He was, yeah, he was actually very, very nice, and Did, he didn't speak to a lot of girls, but he actually spoke to me for a little bit. Really, um, he spoke to like three of us. Yeah, it he's kind really, of a really he's cool. kind of a big guy, isn't he? Isn't he? He's he's over six foot. Yeah, yeah, he's he was yeah. very tall. Did you want to put him in a headlock and mess his hair up, or see what was under it? <laughs> I was curious to see his hair in person. It looked okay the first day, and there was, the tan was on point, so it was, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, so what what are the differences between USA and America and those systems? Yeah. So it actually used to be one system, just in America, and then because of a sponsorship sponsorship conflict, I think it was back in the fifties. Maybe I could be completely wrong on that. It was a while back. They split into two systems so actually the usa system branched off with a sponsor that wanted to put the girls in swimsuits and then the america system didn't do that for quite some time after the the split so they really just split over the the sponsorship issues but uh miss america they are known for normally i get the question what was your talent what we didn't have talent we had um a couple of interviews uh, evening gown, swimsuit, and then the on-stage question. Okay. So that's what I went through. But usually I'm asked about the talent. I didn't do that. We don't showcase those, but we have them. Okay. Well, I see that. I just learned something. I just mm-hmm. assumed they all had to do the talent part. But Yeah, uh, David did too. <laughs> yeah, me and him are about yeah, the same on that. My well, the closest like, you don't even know. pageant stuff I got is Miss Congeniality. That's about <laughs> It's a movie, dude. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, um, I'm assuming that you've you've probably done a lot of travel. I mean, is it, would it all be within the U.S. or when you're doing that, are you traveling outside the U.S. too? For Miss Tennessee, I was in the U.S. Uh, all the time, really. Uh, the but mainly in the state of Tennessee. So my modeling, it opens up a lot of doors for modeling. So I traveled for the modeling aspect and then media tours for Miss USA. But the rest of my work was in the state of Tennessee. So I 
I-40 was my best friend that year. Uh. I moved to Franklin so I could be right in the center of the state mm-hmm. so I could get uh, wherever I needed to go in just a couple of hours. Okay, so here's another crazy question because it just crossed my mind because I'm pretty sure she just she won this recently. Do you ever watch Chrisley Knows Best? Oh, um, I don't, but you're you're going to ask me about Savannah. Yes. She was finishing Team USA, so, so that would be my my little sister had I been her miss. Okay, so th- that she was Miss Tennessee Team USA. Yes. Okay, same. Yes, that's the same, same thing same you exactly. won, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, okay. All right. Well, you said Franklin, and I know they live in Nashville now, and I thought that she had recently um, – I don't think she's still modeling anymore, though, or, or maybe she's she's trying to kind of I get out of that, I think. Yeah, I don't think she is. But, yeah, that's the same. I'm surprised that you knew that. Yeah, that was a good catch. So that totally hurt. Same same system, same pageant. Well, I probably lose my man card for this, but I do watch the Chrisley <laughs> sometimes because I think Todd's funny. <laughs> So I, I, I get my, my daughter likes to watch it and I'll watch it with her and we just laugh at him cause he's silly, but, um, right. Yeah. So I, I did know that she had done some. And so that's what, that's what caught my, uh, my attention mm-hmm. on that. So, all right. So other than Donald Trump, who's the person you met that you were the most excited to meet? Oh, well, I, <laughs> David in the David background said me. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, I you know, we have a very crazy story and I did meet him because I was Miss Tennessee and because I placed in the top five and became very good friends with the winner of Miss USA. We kind of met through her in a way. Okay. So that is pretty crazy how okay. that worked out. Okay. So y'all you met David through your pageantry stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes, in a roundabout way, yes, cool. it did. But it was it was a couple of years afterwards. But besides David, I would say <laughs> I was able to do a charity event with Johnny Cash's family yeah. in Franklin. That was really, really cool just to get to meet them. And then at that at that time, Derek Dewey was the coach. At UT, oh god! And I did an appearance with him. <laughs> okay, guys. Gag. So he wrote me a letter. I still have this letter. I should send it into the University of Tennessee and see if they will honor it. But he told me that whenever I wanted to come and run through the power key, that he would be happy to have me. And then he got fired before. That <laughs> <season>. <laughs> I was never able to do it. Maybe that's I have the letter. Maybe he knew that's what what was coming, and he just sent a bunch of those out. Maybe he did. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. he just wanted the brownie point. No joke. Uh, Derek Dooley—that's a name we don't hear very often. We've moved on from no. him to Butch. We dog Butch all the time. <laughs> Yeah, so for sure. we're trying to ship him out. He had an interview with Colorado State about a week ago, and then they just they shot away from it. Uh, we're, we're trying to send him out y'all's direction. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, how long has it been since you've actually done the pageantry work? How long have you been out of it? Oh, since 2011. Really? <laughs> it's been a minute. Nine yes, years. About sir. to be nine years. Wow. Okay. Yes. Make me feel older, please. Uh, I'm I'm a lot older than you. I can promise you that. So, um, okay. So do you miss it at all? 
aspects of it. You know, the, the competition part is very fun. I will say it gets your adrenaline going. Right. But um, the drama surrounding it, I, I kind of don't. However, <laughs> I did meet a lot of people that I still hold very, very dear yeah. and some of my best friends within that industry. So I'm very thankful for them. And I have hosted the past two years. So I do get to go back and it's, it's like, it's like a little family. It's the same director, um, same choreographer and all the sponsors are basically the same. So you feel like you're kind of going back and seeing your extended family a little bit. Okay. Daniel's got something he wanted to ask. I do have one question. Um, <laughs> you thought yeah, mine was I dumb. Don't have, yeah, this is probably dumber. <laughs> so I don't have a big pageant background myself, but uh, what's your thoughts That's on good. the whole Steve Harvey deal? Steve Harvey deal? I mean, where he messed it up. Yeah, like he, the first one. twice. Yeah, the, he I just did it again. He told like one girl that was from Malaysia that, that she, they were, she was from the Philippines or something. Right, that's like that. the recent that's one. That's the recent one. But the, the announcing the wrong winner and they go, oh no. <laughs> like, what, does that, what does that feel like from the pageant point of view from the contestant? Well, he didn't do it my year. Right. Right. Thankfully. Yeah. I mean, that would have shattered my heart. Being first runner up and then saying, Oh, just kidding, you actually lost and you lost <laughs> first runner up is yeah. hard enough. Um, but I mean it could happen to any of us. Whenever whenever I host now, since I've done it the past two years, I'm like, Don't mess up, don't mess well, up, don't say they're all my, my question is yeah. on the card they give him, does yeah. it not say word for word everything he needed to know? It it Good. That's how mine works. <laughs> I, I haven't hosted Miss Universe or Miss USA, so I don't know for certain what their cards look they like. But mine are very straightforward. So, what did you host, Miss Teen USA? Miss uh, Tennessee Teen USA, as well as Miss Tennessee USA. Okay. 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 Oh, nice. Okay. All right. After uh, after the Steve Harvey deal, were you nervous about make, making I, making a mistake? Like that? I'm a little bit, but I, I can <laughs> read pretty well. So <laughs> yeah, apparently he can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick to the cards. Just stick to the cards. So when when David was on, we um, we talked a lot about his upbringing, and uh, he he came from a Lutheran background. And I remember him. Uh, if I'm correct, you came out of a Baptist background, correct? Actually, I came out of a non-denominational background, okay. and, but both of the churches that we attended whenever I was growing up and that my mom still attends now had Pentecostal influence. Mm. They branched from Pentecostal churches. Very different from Lutheran. Very. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Very. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we, David and I have some really fun conversations. Well, uh, Lisa and I were at, at the time when we got married 20 years ago, we got married in a Pentecostal church. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I did you? you too. Yeah. Oh. yeah. We got married in yeah. a church of God and okay. uh, yeah. So, uh, we'd been there probably about a year, I guess when, uh, nah, probably wasn't that long. I've lost track of time. So anyway, that's where we got married and maybe we were there about a year after that. And then things kind of started to change for us and. So, so you came out of a non-denominational. He came out of a Lutheran. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much black and white. On uh, so, are you yeah. all? Do you all currently go to a Lutheran congregation, or are you going to something closer to what you grew up in? Well, so since we moved to Montana, we have been 
church shopping, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, since we have gotten there. And actually, the church that we have enjoyed the most, and I think it might be our home church unless we keep trying other places, is a Baptist one. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever been to a Baptist church before that was. So, so David had like, especially coming from the south. I'm like, we have Baptist churches on every corner. Yeah, no joke, no joke. So David had never been to a Baptist church before then. I don't think so. Okay. Is that right? He nope. said nope. He had been. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he like, I would have remembered. And that. then he started. De- the funny thing he he started describing the what he thought was a Baptist, and I said, no, baby, that's what I am. That's what I grew up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, no. You speak no. in tongues in the Baptist church, you're getting thrown out the yeah, back yeah. door. Yeah. If you tap your toe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, they're getting a little. They're getting a little more lax on that. Yeah. And this one, yeah, this one has um, both services. You can go to a classic, or you can go to a more contemporary. I mean, they're contemporary. It's so cute and it's great. Totally, totally fine. Um, but you know, it's not like what I need to jam out and it's going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sorry. So there, this thought that just went through my mind that where you all live, that there's a church that has enough people to have two services. Yes. We didn't have a ton of people. We have a couple of big churches. Actually. I don't know if you've heard of Levi Lusco before. No. Um, he's, he has spoken at passion conference a few times. Um, but, and that's just for college students in Atlanta. So that's where we first heard him. But he's actually based out of Kalispell in a pretty big church. Okay. Um, there are a few bigger churches and they have services to choose from. It's kind of like a, I would say it's a Bible belt, but it's just what, I mean, there, it's every, everybody kind of, you know, believes in God. The Christian for the most part goes to church on Sunday. Right. It reminds me of home a lot. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Integrate Well, I I thought I told Daniel I I'd wondered if when you were out in Middle Tennessee and when I thought it was a Baptist church that uh, I said I wonder if it was an independent fundamental Baptist church and I was like there's no way because they'd never let you be in a pageant so uh, yeah it wasn't well in Pentecostals hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think we were more non denominational so but right. I my grandmother was a Pentecostal that wore the skirts with her hair up in a bun, no okay. makeup. Gotcha. She's very sweet about everything. Oh, it's, you know, right. she, she didn't condemn me at all, but she wasn't overly excited, but <laughs> she was very sweet about the situation. Right. Now, I mean, that would have to be a, um, I mean, I'm assuming back that far, you, you're, you, when, when would you say you became a believer? At what age? <sighs> Well, you know, I was, I was, <laughs> again, this is totally the, the Pentecostal coming out. So like I told you, I was very shy growing up, very, very shy. So okay. I didn't even enjoy going to Sunday school. Okay. Um, and it's not that, it's not that I was trying to be a brat, like, uh, no, I'm not going because I don't want to. It was, no, I am absolutely terrified of people and I just need to stay near my parents, I will sit beside them at church and be good and sit mm-hmm. there and not talk. Um, but I'm going to sit beside them in big church. <laughs> so I called it big church. <laughs> right. So, so I was sitting with my parents in a church that was influenced with, you know, Pente- it was Pentecostally influenced. And they're, I mean, they, they 
preach, um, the fires of hell so hot that you start sweating in church sometimes. <laughs> right. So at eight years old, I was like, please baptize me. Right. <laughs> right. So at that point, it was, it was really out of fear, mm-hmm. um, as you know, a child, but I sure. knew that I knew that's what Jesus did. That's what I needed to do as a believer. Um, and so even though it wasn't based on, oh my goodness, I love Jesus so much and I understand this. Mm-hmm. I don't think we, we ever fully understand everything in the Bible by any means, right. but my relationship obviously grew after that. But when I, I did commit my life at eight years old, but obviously did not have a clue what right. was going on at eight years old. <laughs> so, uh, but I would say whenever I got to be 20, 21, I really started searching more mm-hmm. uh, because I was moving away from home and I was being challenged by people that weren't Christians. It, you know, it was, it was the people that my mom always said, well, there are people like that out there that think that way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to school with those people. I'm going to work with those right. people. Right. <laughs> and these, these people don't care what the Bible says. So I need to, to know why I believe what I believe and not just because this is what I grew up thinking. So I would say, you know, baptized at eight, but I really started searching uh, whenever I was 20, 21, because I realized this, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in the minority where I was living in Miami, Chicago, LA, oh, New York. Sure. I was definitely in the minority. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Daniel and I, since we've started doing this, have managed to um, kind of stay. Well, I don't think it was intentional to steer clear of very controversial topics, <laughs> but it's just kind of happened that way. And uh, we're we're gonna at this point. At this point, I think actually, let's we're gonna go ahead and wade into one with you if you're ready for it. Okay, I think I'm ready for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I sent you all a book. Did you get it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Have you had a chance to even look at it yet? I know y'all are busy. I actually have started. We, yeah, we did this move, so things have been crazy, and I haven't finished it, but I did start reading it. Okay. Um, and I'm really, really happy to have this book. I will say that although I know that we probably disagree on the subject, um, I love and respect um, many, many Calvinists, even though sure. I don't believe a certain way but. I mean, the person that we listen to the most whenever we are on the road, David and I, we love Tim Keller. Yeah. And the whole reason I figured out what Calvinism was is, was because I was listening to John Piper, and I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I need to know what he's talking about. Yeah. And I still love these people, and there are, are so many profound thinkers mm-hmm. and pastors. And obviously, we're choosing probably to go to a Baptist church, and they're probably Calvinists. And that doesn't bother me, um, but... I'd be a little uh, shocked if they were. Um, you'd be a little shocked if they were? Yeah, yeah. You're, Calvin is... Or, um, the Baptists are not big... You're going to mm-hmm. see some... You're going to see some places called Reformed Baptist, some churches. Oh, right, called, right, right. And, and those would right. be, but your standard... Uh, churches that would be part of the SBC and that kind of thing are not going to be Calvinist. There's more than you think. Well, then there may be some Calvinists within the congregation. No, there's more reformed churches in the SBC than you think. Oh, you? Oh, really? Mm. Okay. All right. Well, Daniel can speak to that a little better because he's a, he's actually a youth pastor at a 
Southern Baptist Church. Now, so funny story, just real quick. You mentioned John Popper, and he's listening to John Popper, and of course, it's pretty obvious what he's preaching, right? Mm-hmm. So we, me and Jeremy, have a mutual friend. I won't say who it is. Right. When he first started talking to me a little bit about you know Calvinism and different stuff like that, I said, "Dude, just go home." I said, "Listen to this series by John Popper, and it's why you know right. it's five points." He looked at me wide eyed. He goes, "John Popper's not a Calvinist." He goes, "I listen." To John he goes, "I listen to John Popper every morning." Yeah. Said, I don't know what you're listening to, but go listen to these sermons. He goes, "What are they called?" I said, they're, they're, "It's a series called Why I'm a Calvinist." Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the same guy that I thought was going to throat punch me one Saturday, and he's probably going to hear this and know exactly who I'm talking about. No kidding, thought he was going to throat punch me one Saturday in his house. When I just went down, I just wanted to talk to him about it. And, I mean, one of the things about this topic is people will get plumbed sideways over it. Well, he and, called me the next yes. morning. Yeah. And, um, he said, dude. Absolutely. I, like, you know, whenever I – I think it was only a few years ago. This is since David and I have been together. And it's kind of a joke now um, that I had a life crisis over Calvinism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the time, I really did. I really, really did. Um, I mean, I, it was gut wrenching because I, I told you I'm an investigator. If I don't understand something, it really bothers me. Right. And so whenever I listened to John Piper and a couple of others, it's been a couple of years now, I wish I could remember exactly. But when I was listening to them talk specifically on Calvinism and I, I didn't, grow up thinking that way i didn't think that way i didn't have i didn't interpret the scripture in the same way mm-hmm. i felt so i felt ignorant mm-hmm. i felt that i had lived a lie that right. everything that the god that i had been worshiping wasn't wasn't the one that was actually existing it just brought a lot of questions to me and i i was really distraught over it mm-hmm. for, i mean it was 72 hours and i was turning out information i mean investigating right. everything that i could but for those 72 hours it was the longest 72 hours ever right um well you but, did it you did it in a whole lot faster time than i did because it took me about a year from when, from no I mean, joke I'm still studying for sure yeah no joke i mean from the time i started thinking wait a minute i just heard this and that doesn't jive with what I've always thought to be true, which is kind of how it started. And then I started investigating and I bet it was a year before I finally Mm -hmm. settled it in my heart that this is true, you know, and I may Mm -hmm. not understand everything about it. And I don't think any of us ever will understand everything. Um, you know, there's scripture tells us that, that, you know, the secret, some secrets belong to God, you know? And, Mm -hmm. uh, but there was enough there for, for sure to me that was absolutely absolutely true and i said man i i just need i've got to change the what i've thought how things and and i don't want to make it sound that elementary and that because actually there was things that started to bother me that is what mm-hmm. kick started it with me and uh one i remember one of them and it still bothers me and you kind of hit on it a minute ago um when you were talking about sitting in the church and out of fear you went to, you know, you, you felt like that might've been when it happened, but it w- wasn't for the right reasons. Um, mm-hmm. something that has always bothered me is I'm, I am cool with vacation Bible school. I got no, I think it's great. The problem is you get somebody walks in there and says, who wants to go to heaven and who wants to go to hell? 
that's a little bit simple, but that's basically the idea. Mm-hmm. Well, there ain't no six-year-old anywhere is going to raise his hand and say they want to go to hell. They don't even right. know what they're answering. And then you parade mm-hmm. them across the stage and said, we have 47 decisions this week during Bible school. That bothered me because I'm like, that mm-hmm. kid doesn't even understand what he did. Um, so that's where the ball kind of started rolling with me. And <clears throat> like I said, I mean, I knew at the time was as a member of a Southern Baptist church that this was going to be problems for me. Uh, that, mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to be looked at as a heretic and there was some issues, you know, some of them were probably not as big of a deal as I made them out to be, but, um, but there, you know, there was, and, uh, and I mean, I'm telling you, one of the things that I have, I, there are people that believe, and I want to get into this a little deeper here in a second, but there are people that believe opposite of the way I do or Calvinists believe on how salvation occurs, who's in charge of it and, and what, what happens in that process. And I've had people from the side of, I mean, cause you only got two sides. It's either God's in control and he's in control of everything, including salvation or man himself has responsibility and he has the ability to choose God of his own free will. That's your two sides. That's all you got. And I've had two. I've had people from the other side. I mean, flat out, call me the devil himself. That I'm not saved. That I'm. I'm a. I mean, just you name it. I've been called it. And I always thought it was funny, or not funny, but I've. I never looked at them that way. If we can mm-hmm. agree on this, that salvation is through Jesus Christ alone, through His blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one way, and it's through Him. If we can re- agree on the foundational things of orthodox christianity right then you know we can we we may disagree on exactly how that happens but it doesn't mean you're i wouldn't look at you and say you're a devil which i've been called a devil you know no that's so true it's so true we get even though we disagree on calvinism the the heart we believe the heart of the gospel Mm -hmm. where you know how we get there we we differ Mm -hmm. but we believe the meat and potatoes of Christianity that we do not differ on that. And even people that are Calvinists and then people on the other side of the spectrum or even in the middle, um, you have great people on, on both sides. You're in good company with everyone that you, um, are convicted about. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's bad to be in company with John Piper and Tim Keller. I don't think it's bad to be in company with Norman Geisler and C.F. Lewis. Like, right. so that's pretty, pretty <clears throat> great. I mean, it seems great. I'm nowhere near as brilliant as, as they are, yet um, they can't even agree on this. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> right. it's okay that we disagree. But I will say, I just. I think it's great that you and I are able to say, Hey, we disagree, but let's just talk about it. Absolutely. And And that's the way it should be. You know, and one of the scripture that keeps, that always comes to mind is the one that talks about is iron sharpens iron. And if if we can't have a discussion without somebody getting their underwear in a wad and stomping off and kicking a door shut, that's, that is so unproductive, you know, and it, it just, I'm, I'm grateful that, that, that we can, that we can do this because I'm going to tell you, Ashley, that's not the norm when you talk about this particular subject, especially within the South. I'll, I'll, I won't say I'm just going to base off of my geog- geographical area and my experience. Mm-hmm. 
it's not something that I mean, people get around here and Daniel, I don't know what you think about this, but my experience with me, I mean, they get fighting mad over it. They, yes. Well, uh, yeah. whenever I was having my little my little life crisis, David said, "You know what? I will message my friend." Um, and he he knew that his friend was a Calvinist, and the reply, I mean, he basically just said, "Hey, Ashley." struggling with this is there anything that you can send over or explain um maybe verses that mm-hmm. um that that would show us that would give her a little comfort in this struggle and the reply was along the lines of um if she just reads the bible it's all in uh, there it was very condescending oh. and it just i was already broken yeah and it broke my heart even more to to kind of be talked to like that because yeah. it it doesn't matter if we're Christian or non-Christian. If someone's heart is inclined towards God in any degree, whether it's um, just in general, them you know being uh, being curious about Jesus and wanting to be saved, or if it is something along the lines of doctrine, mm-hmm. why would we ever speak to someone like that? Should shouldn't we? push them, make it as easy as possible for them to come to um, a better conclusion and to feel mm-hmm. um, right in their convictions. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing I find funny, so to speak. You got that reply, and, you know, we talk about how people get angry hearing about Calvinism. It's funny is that we call it the doctrines of grace. Right. And Calvinists are probably some of the least graceful people. people Absolutely. That's a, that's a very non graceful response. Yeah, but we we claim oh we're doctrines of grace and we show none. It, it, and and Ashley, I could almost as you started, I, I was really kind of hoping you weren't going to end that little story <laughs> with that, with that. But in my heart, I thought I know where she's going with this because I've seen it firsthand. And Daniel just he just mentioned or talked about it. The those within that group and listen, I've. I've got a brother-in-law that I love very much. That's a pastor in San Diego. He's married to my sister. That's a um, he's a uh, pastor of a PCA church, which is the a Presbyterian, um, and they're mm-hmm. they're Calvinistic, reformed in their beliefs and that kind of thing. Um, you know that, but that group of people, um, a lot of a lot of them are very educated. Okay, so they've spent a lot of time in school, and they still spend a lot of time reading books and uh, g- gaining knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge. Um, and with that has come this, what you just said, a condescending um, approach towards people that they don't deem on your same level. Or on, I'm sorry, right. on, on their same level. So, you know, it, it doesn't come right out and where did you go to school? Uh, you know, it's not that point blank, but it can be. Uh, I mean, where we where we go to church now, my, my wife is, and it's a brand new church plant. It's a PCA church. It is identical to the one that my sister planted in San Diego. They're just 10 years ahead. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife made the comment uh, recently. She said, I just feel so dumb. You know, I go in there and I just feel dumb when I'm sitting there and I, you know, and I don't know how to, I know exactly what she means and she'll take some of she takes some of the responsibility. Like, you know, I mean, I can change a lot of this, you know, I just need to kind of 
study more and grow more in my faith, I can change that. But you, you said something a minute ago about feeling that way when you started looking at this. Am I, did I hear you right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I would just like to add something. I, sure. You know, hearing you guys. I forgot you were there, David. I, <laughs> no, I'm here. The one thing I've noticed is I, I've never met a Calvinist that takes the Bible lightly. That is right. like, oh, you know, it's just, um, it's, you know, just whatever you feel about it. You know, I think the Calvinists are very intense in their faith. They're sure. very dedicated mm-hmm. and they just want to know God more. And right. that's what I really appreciate mm-hmm. about that. They don't take it. It's like a life, um, a lifestyle. And you can really tell that they're fired up about who Jesus is and they want to know him more. It's just a, so that's what I really enjoy about all my Calvinist friends. There's just a, uh, you know, just, just these differences that, you know, that I just don't agree with, but I do like all the similarities that we have. And like I said, my wife, when she, she went through this, she studied so much on this topic. We both have studied a lot. And like I said, I think we side more with the Norman Geislers and the C.S. Lewis's, right. uh, Frank Turek, um, just their interpretations. You know, we, we can't get enough of this knowledge and whether we both know, uh, what the correct answer is. I just think it's great that you guys are able to talk about this and the listeners are able to hear both sides of it. Sure. And I think they can make a, um, uh, you know, God gives us that, that mind. We have minds. We don't just have brains, you know, we mm-hmm. have minds to think to understand. So I think it's great that you guys are having this conversation and just be able to share both sides of this, uh, you know, this history long dilemma. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, you mentioned like the the um, what's the right word, the Bible, and just the respect and what it is. And you know, every, to me, everything God told us that He wants us to know about Him is right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, yeah. and sometimes it's not as plain as we want it to be. Right? You know, we can sure. have to dig. But have y'all ever listened to Charles Spurgeon? Much of his. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, I mean, to me, because he think, was he was a Baptist, but he, he was, was a Baptist. But then I think with him, you can go into he is not your hardcore, right? Jerk Calvinist that you see right. today sometimes, right? I mean, Spurgeon, I think, mm-hmm. just he's straightforward, tells you how it is, but he he and everything's backed up. Mm-hmm. That's I mm-hmm. thought about him. Yeah, he's a he he pulled no punches when it came to preaching the word, mm-hmm. no, no doubt about that. But um, the, um, I think one of the, it, when I, one of the things that I always get a chuckle over when, when people have found that this is where I stand theologically is, and, and this is what I think that uh, those on the other side, their biggest, one of their, I don't want to say hatred, that's a little bit too strong of a word, but c- concerns is, that I don't believe in mission work or evangelism, evangelism and, and, and which is couldn't be further from the truth. Well, you go back to the history of the greatest revivals in the world. They usually focused around someone with a Calvinistic belief. Right. You, you know, and it's, and I, and I tell him, I said, why in the world would you think that, you, you know, and, well, because you believe people are ele- are you know predestined, they're already elected, and it's going to happen anyway, and 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 so you don't have to do all this. That's not true. When, what I go back to is is Christ's mandate to the disciples that was go into the world, make disciples, and and, and preach the gospel, 
And I understand that the only way that somebody is ever truly born again is through the gospel. And if there's not somebody to tell them or preach them, it's not going to happen. Were you going to say something? Well, I've, right. been, I've been told, I mean, somebody's literally told me before that I can't legitimately witness to someone unless I tell them I don't know if they're elect or not. What? And I'm like, no, I just tell them about the gospel, tell them about the love of Jesus Christ, tell them about their sin. Right. And they have a decision to make. That's where I've actually had, talking about Calvinists, you know, sometimes Christians are real bad about uh, attacking their own mm-hmm. across the board, not just Calvinism, Arminianism. Right. I mean, it just seems to happen a lot. And I've, I've, had another, I've had other Calvinists tell me, you can never use the sentence that you have to make a decision. I said, well, I made a decision, but God left me one decision to make. Right. Yeah. And it's, it sounds confusing. Right. And it is. That's how God works. But I, I mean, I think about Paul. Paul had two options: walk around, walk away from there blind, mm-hmm. or submit to the God that's talking to you. Mm-hmm. What, what was he going to do? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Ashley, if you had to, um, what would be your and David? You this this could, you could answer this also. But what would be your problems what what where, where are the areas that you get hung up where the where you're like i'm just not buying that or within the calvinist uh doctrine well there are a few things i don't know if you want me to bring them up all at once or just kind of like well i tell you what i tell you what let's do let's do this because uh we're gonna we're breaking this into two shows and right mm-hmm. now we are um at getting close to an hour. So you give me one mm-hmm. right now and we're going to end this podcast on that. On a cliffhanger. On a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like the Sunday night Disney movie. Uh, and, okay. then, and then we will come back for next week's podcast. And, for us in about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and we'll pick right back up there. So, so start with your very first one. Okay. Well, since we are on the topic of evangelism and where I have heard some Calvinists say that there is basically no point to that, or they don't right. want um, calls after church. Um, because it's the point of a call. Like either you're elect or you're not. Right. Um, and, and that kind of, I guess that's kind of like election, but also irresistible grace. I would feel like um, that kind of coincides with. Mm-hmm. And, one of my problems with the irresistible grace is that it is. I think I think God can be as persuasive as He wants before it's coercing, and then and I feel like a lot of the Calvinists they don't even blink whenever they say, "Oh yeah, God God can coerce," like that's totally fine, and that's but that's that's not. Yeah, it's not love. It's that's against someone's um, that's against someone's will, and I can't wrap my head around a God that wants um, that gives us free will, in my opinion, right. to love. How how is it loving for Him to make us love Him? I mean, that's that's just control. That's very controlling. I'm not doubting His sovereignty, right. but his sovereignty at some point has to stop for our free will. Not that he couldn't right. make us believe, but could love exist if he made us 
follow him or made him made us believe. Okay. That is going to be a great. And with that one, I'm going to head home and leave this up to Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. and, uh... That's, uh, that is going to be a uh, very well put, Ashley. And so I tell you what, that's going to be a longer uh, re- um, response than we've got. So we're, we're going to let's, we'll, let's stop it right there. And those that are listening are, um, you'll just have to come back next week. Yeah, and I'm going to run to my office and grab some theology books real quick. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to have to come back next week to find out, um, how, uh, how this, this conversation goes. Um, let's see. I actually have a book on my bookshelf. God's, so God's sovereignty and man's free will. And I'm like, ah, I should have brought it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So that that will we want to thank Ashley and David for being part of this week's um, Think Like a Man podcast, and um, we're just grateful that they've taken the time. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag of where they are, but they are a long way from home by phone, and uh, we're just thankful that they've they've been here. So uh, we want to thank again everybody that's. Um, help support us don't forget you can find us on itunes and google play spotify stitcher the the, um uh youtube now is um is currently up and running so you can see the videos on youtube and um that's going to do it for this time so uh oh sorry i couldn't read daniel's mouth from across the table patreon like i mentioned at the beginning find us on patreon if you'd like to help support what we're doing we would be very grateful so and I have to be careful. I keep wanting to call it Patron. <laughs> Patron, yes, not tequila, dude. <laughs> so uh, until the next time we turn the mics on, we will see you. You've been listening to Think Like a Man. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.